0: Hey, parenting beyond discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order. Because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. I'm back and answering some questions from listeners, and today I answer my first question that came in about dealing with teens. Now, Teen years can be rough, so I'm surprised I haven't gotten more of these, but I'm sure this is just the first of many. Then the second question about big tantrums in a four-year-old, and this mom wants to know how to deal with those and if her special circumstances could be contributing to the degree of the tantrums. So. I'm getting started with the first question from Megan who asks, can you please guide me on how to deal with my teenage son and his self-centered responses to anything and everything from a question to a direct order every single time? He's a thinker before he acts or speaks, thinks about how it will benefit him or how to get out of it. It's an almost sociopathic trait, I feel. Can you help us? And Megan also told me that her son is 13. So we are talking about a 13 year old boy in this instance. So I'm going to give some brief background information on teen development and what is happening in the mind of a teen then working with teens is very different than working with younger children. Now there's a slow shift over the years from using one, two, three magic to the way we work with teens, but there is a definite quick acceleration of change in those tween years right after they turn 10 in the way we deal with teens versus our younger children. First, there's a lot of rapid changes happening in the teenage mind and body. I'm only going to scratch the surface because tons of books have been written and research has been done on this stage of life and tons more is still being done to understand what's happening and this will continue. But just for some perspective on the development that's happening. This change during puberty is as rapid as the changes going on in toddler years. The number of brain cells being developed, the growth in the body and the cognitive development. On top of it, because of puberty, their bodies are getting flooded with hormones and as we are all pretty well aware, puberty is far from a smooth transition. It's not always pretty to watch. We don't go into a cocoon and come out all pretty and finished and ready to fly. There's a metamorphosis in there. I mean, have you ever seen any pictures of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly? Like what it looks like during that change? It's not pretty and perfect and neither is this human transition. I'm going to take a moment to share some quick words about my work with tweens and teens. Now, obviously, I don't have any teens of my own yet. But when I worked for a nonprofit counseling center and in the local school district, I did a lot of work with middle school kids because this was the population that was struggling the most. It's a tough time period for a lot of kids, so I got to know this age group very well. Despite their struggles and how some of them at first did not want to have anything to do with me, I quickly won them over because they just wanted someone to listen and to care about what they had to say. And the moment they realized that that's all I was there for, they would open up to me and connect. Now, my most defiant kids in the beginning were the ones who I touched the most. And they touched me the most because of the relationship we built and how my care for them and investment in their success and growth motivated and inspired them to reach the goals that they would set when they worked with me. So back to this transition of puberty and the changes going on. Children in general, not just teens, exhibit what psychologists call age-appropriate narcissism. Now we all know the term narcissism. It's a hyper focus on the self, my needs, my wants. Toddlers up to about three are very self-focused and it only slowly dissipates. And why sharing is really tough before the age of three, because they don't see other people outside of themselves. Now, children slowly increase their understanding of how other people have needs and feelings, and empathy grows throughout early and middle childhood and is mostly complete by age nine. But then teens appear to slide backwards in many cases to become more narcissistic again. And I love Megan's description of almost sociopathic tendencies because many child development experts and psychologists have used this exact term. On a psychological level, teens are starting to ask themselves about who they are. What is their place in the world, in their family, their community, with their friends and their peers? They are searching for their identity. This is why so many teens push the boundaries with physical appearance and try on different identities. Anyone who spent time with teens has also probably noticed how they are so wrapped up in the way they look. Hyper-focused is probably a really good word here. Again, I could talk about teen development for hours and still barely scratch the surface, but one last thing about cognitive development, and then I'll get into answering Megan's question. And this is really important for adults to keep in mind, and that is that the last part of the brain is what is developing during these teen years and that is the prefrontal cortex. This is the frontal lobe of the brain right behind the forehead. This part of the brain is responsible for what we call executive function. These are things like goal setting, planning, organizing, thinking through processes, cause and effect. Many parents and other adults are sometimes baffled by teen decision-making capabilities or the lack thereof. A common phrase is, what were you thinking? Well, they weren't. And while we think they should already know better, and if their brain had been at its 100% even current teen working capacity, meaning not letting hormones or other thoughts get in the way, your teen may have just made a better decision. But given that all of those other things are happening and the frontal lobe is not fully on board, makes adolescents ripe for all kinds of bad decision-making. This frontal lobe is not completely finished developing until age 25, 25. So while teens look like adults many times, many of them at 15 and 16, especially females, look like adults they don't think fully like adults yet, and they still need guidance from us. So the question is, how do we do this? Without some more detail about specific exchanges or issues, I can only give some general guidelines for you, Megan, but hopefully that's enough to get you started. And I don't know what the roles or expectations have been in your home up to this point. So I don't know if your son had expectations and jobs to do around the house or in taking responsibilities for himself and he's now pushing back on those, or just not doing them on his own like he used to. If you're trying to get him to take more responsibility for things as he's now getting older, which are all valid things for parents to do, of course, because when our kids are 18, whether they are living at home still or moving out for school or work, they should be able to take care of all their own tasks for grooming Life skills, cleaning up after themselves, laundry, cooking, balancing a bank statement, etc. Now, for Megan and anyone else out there who wants to see if they're on track, I have included a list of responsibilities that kids should know and do by age. Now, this starts around age three and goes all the way up through age eighteen, and I'm going to put it on the page for this episode on the website, so you can go to yourvillageonline.com/slash podcast slash skills. You can print out that handout, see if you're on track for coaching and teaching your kids these skills so you aren't trying to catch up in the teen years or realizing really late in the game that your child isn't ready to handle basic tasks of daily life. So again, go to yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash skills, enter your email address, and we will email that handout right to you of the list of skills that kids should be learning and taking on themselves by age starting around age three all the way up through the teen years. Now another thing going on psychologically is another big push for independence. There are two big pushes for independence during childhood. The first is during toddlerhood and the second is during adolescence. Now with the push for independence during adolescence and also toddlerhood, giving your child more responsibility when it's presented in the right way can really help with this. So I have some more guidelines to share with Megan and other parents of tweens and teens after a word from our sponsor. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Now we're back and I'm gonna talk about some guidelines for working with teens and tweens for increasing motivation because we can't force anyone to do anything they don't really want to do. So we need to work to motivate them to want to do it for themselves. When it comes to working with tweens and teens, it needs to be about giving them autonomy and responsibility, and with that message in mind. I love to let my kids, especially my older one, take on responsibility, and he loves to do it. He cherishes it. Now, he's only eight, but soon going on nine in February. But in many ways, he is mature for his age. Except when it comes to potty humor, he still finds that hilarious. I cannot wait till he grows out of that. But anyway, he is ready for those talks about how freedom means responsibility. The more responsibility he shows, the more freedom he gets. But when he makes poor choices with his freedom or doesn't clean up after himself or take responsibility for basic tasks, then I can't trust him to act responsibly in other ways. So keep this idea in mind when you have conversations with kids about them doing certain chores or taking care of things, that it really is about responsibility. Now, A lot of times kids don't want to listen or comply because they feel like we're nagging, and a lot of times we are. So we need a paradigm shift for us and for them. And that is about the taking responsibility. We are giving them responsibility. We're giving them this opportunity, this freedom. We don't want to nag and remind and they don't wanna hear it. So have conversations about that and about how you can allow your child to be responsible. Let your child share and give ideas about how that can happen. Do a lot more listening and a lot less talking. Approach it as a problem you'd like help in solving. Now for you, Megan, or any other parent of a teen or really any age, the most important thing is the relationship, the bond. So I want you to start by asking yourself how good that bond is right now on a scale of one to 10. How connected do you feel? How connected do you think your child feels to you? It is easy to feel this bond slip pretty low many times throughout adolescence. So this is common, but this is where a lot of the work is done during this particular time in child rearing on this relationship connecting. For parents of younger kids like me, then this is the time to really set up these strong patterns of communication and connection so that when you hit those bumps of adolescence, it's much easier to get back on track. So if you have a tween or teen or a child of any age that you feel the connection is slipping or has slipped and it needs to get back on track, Make plans for a date with your child. Imagine a tween or teen being picked up at school during the middle of a school day to take him or her out to lunch. If your relationship is suffering, a missed class or two for quality time that soothes and repairs a cracked relationship is well worth it. If it's in really bad shape, don't talk about anything that you need. Just listen. Find out what his or her interests are. Ask lots of questions without being annoyed. Ask about whatever it is you know about him or her. Ask about their friends, a favorite class, music you know he or she likes, any hobbies or interests. Even if they're ones that have caused points of contention in the past, just ask and listen. Even if you can't stand the music or the video game or whatever, feign interest and ask questions. Again, if the relationship really needs repair, do not go in with an agenda to talk about how you're going to work together to get him to pick up his laundry up off the floor. If the relationship is not in bad shape, but could just use some reconnecting, then it's okay to feel it out and see if you think it's a good time to have a discussion. When you do bring it up, you could say something like, I've been wanting to get your help with something. I'd like to get some ideas from you about how we can work better together. And then just discuss your concerns about what you need from your child as far as what you expect for them to take care of on their own, how they are going to be an adult soon and how they will need to be doing all of this for themselves and that now is the time to get in good habits and to learn how to balance responsibilities and using time management skills so it doesn't feel overwhelming once he or she is out on his or her own. You want to make the expectations clear, whatever they are. You want them to get their dirty laundry in the hamper, to be responsible for their own homework and study processes, asking you for help if they need it. You want them to be doing dishes, cooking a meal once a week. Whatever the expectations, make them clear. Now I wanna take a moment here to talk about the girl that we had taken in. I talked about her many episodes back. A young lady who was uh, babysitting for our kids had been in and out of foster care, had very little life skills, had no budgeting skills, no planning, no idea how to get her future on track, couldn't pay her bills, couldn't pay her rent. um, And we took her in. And this is what happens with kids who aren't prepared for life when they don't get prepared for life. Now, in her case, there was a lot of dysfunction in her family. But I also see a lot of parents who don't prepare their kids for life and their kids end up staying home a lot longer than they need to be because they don't have those coping skills, the life skills, the planning skills. You know, it's okay when kids are struggling a little bit, need a little extra help, but we want our kids to be out there, go-getters, go out in the world and solve their problems, figure things out, figure out what they can do. You know, not just be able to do dishes and do their laundry, but how to solve problems and how to get out there and figure out how they're going to make their life work. So then you want to work together to figure out how your child can take on more responsibility. We all know that nagging and reminding, especially once they hit tween and teen years, is very counterproductive. It breaks down the relationship, builds resentment, so they're less likely to do it, and they lose out on learning responsibility. So I want to share a story, and I can't remember if I've shared it before. I don't think I have, but I was working with a mom of two college-age boys, very smart athletic boys who went to a very prestigious private university here in Southern California on full ride athletic scholarships, both of them. So these boys were not averse to hard work, but they couldn't even manage to get their dirty clothes in the hamper when they came home. Now, college-aged boys should not only be getting clothes, and I should call them men, college-aged men should not only be getting clothes in the hamper, they should be washing and folding all their own laundry. So, of course, I had to help mom put a bulk of the responsibility where the responsibility was due, which in this case was on her. And I said to her, what happens if you just leave it? Leave what, she asked, their laundry on the floor. And she said, it wouldn't get done. I said, and? She said, they wouldn't have any clean clothes to wear. I said, and? And this light bulb went off and she looked at me. and She said, I can do that. So we can see that this pattern was set up over the years, throughout their teenage years and probably before, that they didn't put their clothes in the hamper because they didn't need to. They knew she'd complain at them and then begrudgingly pick up their laundry and put it in the hamper for them and wash it all and fold it and give it back to them. So they had her well-trained, and putting up with the complaining was worth putting up with not having to put their own clothes in the hamper. So, of course, we went down this rabbit hole a little further, and what she then realized and shared with me was that it was about her need to feel needed. And that was an issue that we had to work on for her to realize that raising responsible, capable young men was the goal. I mention this just for anyone out there who may have the same or similar struggle so that you can address any unmet needs that you may have. And figure out another way to get those met so that you can allow your children to take responsibility and deal with consequences when they don't. Now one last thing I want to share, and it's a story from Stephen Covey who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I took the class many years back and pretty much every single lesson and grain of wisdom I got from that class spoke to me. In the book and the class, Stephen tells a story about teaching his son responsibility. The story is called Green and Clean, and he delivers it with humor and wisdom we all recognize to be true. I took the class before I was even pregnant with our first child, but this story has stuck with me all these years, and I found the video on YouTube of him telling this story, and I will put a link on the page for this episode, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash skills, S-K-I-L-L-S, and you can link to that video and watch it if you haven't seen it and you're interested, or you can also just go to YouTube and type in Stephen Covey, green and clean, and find it that way as well. Oh my goodness, I haven't even touched on moodiness. This is a big part of adolescence and we can mostly chalk it up to hormones. Now there are some other contributing factors and I'll cover that another time, but I do think it's very important to mention that when your teen is overly grumpy or reactionary and you can tell that things are not going in a good direction, back down. I don't mean give in, but stop the conversation. Walk away and address it later when everyone is calm. You won't get anywhere when emotions are running high. So, Megan, I hope this is enough to get you heading in the right direction. I don't have nearly as many classes on the site for dealing with tweens and teens yet as I would like, but I will be adding more in the early part of 2018. But there are nine or 10 different classes on discipline that do pertain to teens along with several other classes for dealing with differing personalities that also are very relevant to raising teens and dealing with kids in this age group. So if you're interested in learning some tools for dealing with tweens and teens, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash classes. And in the drop-down menu on the right, you can choose Adolescents as the age group and all the classes that are relevant to teens and tweens will show up in that list. And you can see what those are. Now, I was planning to get to a second question I mentioned earlier, but I spent more time giving some background information on teen development and dealing with teens than I expected. So I will get to that question next week along with another one. And I hope for parents of our younger kids that you can see the trajectory you have ahead and how the skills you're learning and teaching and coaching your younger kids now will help lead to smoother teenage years ahead. Not perfect, but smoother. If you have a parenting question you would like answered, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.